the more you travel, it's just like, hmm, well, you see a lot of things and like you yeah. want to impact and you want like to improve quality and you want to improve working conditions mm. and you want to improve, yeah, you want to impact and you want to make things better sure. when you're there, both for the um, crop profile, yeah. but also for, for doing something well yeah. and doing something Welcome to or welcome back to Coffee with April. My name is Patrick Rolf, and this is a conversation with some amazing professionals and entrepreneurs in the coffee industry. Sharing their perspective and experience, it's about integrity, quality, and the future. This conversation is with Joanna Alm, co-owner and operational manager at Drop Coffee in Stockholm. We talk about roasting, we talk about integrity in flavor. Joanna is doing so many different things, both for this industry and within the company of Drop Coffee. And this is really a deep dive and an insight in how she works and what she does. We're sitting in uh, Copenhagen this time. Uh, In front of me is Joanna Alm, managing director and part owner of Drop Coffee. Um, This is gonna be really exciting. Um, what we want to start to talk about here is something that is coming up in just a few weeks. So the, the world of coffee in Amsterdam, and that leads me to competitions and you've been competing in a lot of different ways for, for a very long time. Uh, most notably for the roasting competition, but drop coffee as a company has also been doing very well in competitions, especially the Swedish ones for, for a very long time. Um, could you just start by explaining what's, what's coming up for you now in, in Amsterdam in terms of competitions? Yeah, we have one of our baristas competing. Um, Matt, uh, Matthew Winton is competing in the Barista Championship. And it's his first time competing. He's an extremely creative person. And like all the, all the sentences and like all the idea and everything is just going wild. Uh, so he's yeah he's very creative to to work with and it's it's very very little I was gonna say that like that is given to him like you have to do this it's very much a a creative phase we are in at the moment where we're talking about like the philosophy the idea uh, of what he's going to present and this been like the first time me and Matt uh, met was when he was competing in in Sweden in, yeah. yeah um. And I was just like, oh my God, are you talking about flavors and colors and like describing it like that? Because for me, it's, uh, I think that most of us can relate that just like, okay, red is so much about sweetness, like roundness, okay, you see a circle, this certain kind of, of um, material, like a wooden material mm. reminds you of a certain mouthfeel and like all of those impressions and kind of that idea we've just taken and like tuned up like you were higher and higher and higher and taken help from Elena. Yeah. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's a super creative process going on at the moment. But it also means, of course, as competition is like finding a perfect coffee. Like, but I would say that we've been focusing more of the cre- on the creative side sure. compared to the technical bits and like where do you get the scores and where to move and how to do what but of course like in in every barista's job 
that is also a, a big part uh, of it. But it's super fun and super exciting. So now we've been finding coffee he likes uh, from La Churera in Colombia. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm. Super. And you're, you're also roasting for the Guatemalan competitor, right? Yes, yes. I am. So uh, fascinating coffee as well, like divided into different like fermentation fermentation times of the coffee. I'm going to present different highlights yeah. of the coffee in it. So, yeah, it's good. Like I'm always feeling so humble, like with somebody, we've had it in the long culture, as they're saying, as yeah. competing as a, sure. as a company. It's just like... No, but let's let's do what we believe in, and just like go on stage and try our ideas, like yeah. to see if they like it, uh, and that's been the whole philosophy all the time. Just like no, it's only coffees we have on the shelves ourselves, roast it in the same way. We yeah, we come up with you know uh, our expressions and how we describe the coffee, yeah, sure. and are trying to just yeah, be us, but also that we kind of not need to defense rather maybe present yeah. even more like yeah this, the, this is this. what we believe in and, and this is what we want to do yes yeah. i think that's a really cool uh, cool way to do it and and when i look at uh, a draft coffee and maybe one shouldn't categorize but you would definitely fall into some kind of competition roastery category i would say <laughs> which for me personally is a very positive thing like mm-hmm. as, as most of you guys listening know is that i'm, I'm very much into competitions mm-hmm. myself I think it's a very important part for, for a company in terms of pushing forward innovation, um, educating staff, getting inspiration, just, just becoming better as a, as a company. Is that, like, what, what kind of role has competitions at, at Drop Coffee? Is it something that you work on, on integrating or is it something that just comes naturally for you as a company or how much focus is, is spent on it? Like, I think that I'm pushing it a lot in that direction like in particular I've been fairly much on the new baristas coming on Um, and just like no it is important because you start to think in in different ways and you consider why you do when you do it and like and it's a little bit like of course you you showcase or you present uh, the company as well but it's also like you're on stage people are watching you just like they do every time behind the counter but it's yeah it's something about like yeah, you know what, what you do is important and let's try to push it and see how far we can go. So for me, it's always been like super, super duper important. I competed myself um, in uh, uh, Swedish barista championships, maybe in 2009, I think, for Uh, the first time. Uh, Went, I competed on a geisha from Panama um, and I scored extremely well but what I didn't keep an eye on was the time and I ran out of time because I really didn't want the little seeds in the strawberries to come into the signature beverage so uh, probably still my best barista competition but like yeah and one year after that I was visiting the farm Hmm. and that's just for me like how it can like open up a world and just like yeah you know what you can do this like this is yeah, the door is open and it's not so, it shouldn't be so far to compete for the very first time. Yeah. And then if you look at, um, if you want to win, if you want to compete well in a World Barista Championship mm. or Brewers Cup or Roasting or uh, Latte Art, like you know how much practice and attention to details and preparation and money and like sure. all of that, like yeah. it's so much more. Yeah. Uh, and that's cool as well because it's something like a competition can be good for a first year barista mm. 
but it can also be extremely good for a well-experienced like Dale Harris. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Uh, great sure. I think he's a great example of, of so. you know you need to. The, the, the people that win have lost so many more times than you have. Yeah. So it's a pretty good rule in general, right? Yeah. Because that's almost always true. Because, uh, you know, it, it takes time. It's difficult, especially okay. if you go up on, on the world level, right? Don't uh, no, go for it. No, but it's also super scary. Like, I mean, I oh, admire yeah. everyone that goes on stage. And, like, I remember you saying it, and it's like, Joanna, have you signed up for Nordic Crossers? And I'm like, no, you know, I'm not really feeling okay. strong enough Did to... Did you guys you know, sign up for that now? No, we yet haven't. We'll see after this podcast if there's any spots left. Yeah. (laughs) And if I have the courage. So, no, but it's very much that, like, you can protect yourself and Mm -hmm. where you are. And, like, it's so... When you presented yourself, as I see it with Drop Coffee, I'm feeling that I'm doing something that I really believe in. Mm. But I'm also feeling kind of naked. Mm. That, like, this is what I believe in. And I haven't... Yeah, I phrase things maybe for myself and for mm. my baristas, but like it doesn't say in the packaging mm. per se. And it's something like with like when you go on stage or when you're being judged, and if you're being punched and you don't have any shelter or not even clothes, or, you know, it's just like um, it can hit you hard. Uh, sure. um, so no, I encourage everyone to compete, but I also would say like um, yeah, like don't take it too hard if you don't. If you don't do well, like, no, exactly, um, and and have the right kind of mind space because you know honestly, mo- most of us don't do very well in the beginning, right? We we just don't, right? But I still think it's important to just push push forward mm-hmm. from that as well. And you in particular have done extremely well in the the boasting championship, right? Thank you. But out of a just out of curiosity, are you then doing um, like obviously because you're a roaster, but? Is the roasting competition more relevant as well then? Because it's off stage in that sense. Is that is that easier for you? Um, last time I competed, actually, it was just like I wanted everyone to see me. Like it was like yeah, I was on stage sure. and had my own dance almost. Yeah. Like it was just like I know precisely, and this sure. is my rhythm. This yeah. is my flow. Mm-hmm. Like please, everyone, can you see this? Yeah. Like because I know how it is. Like when you have a flow, yeah. uh, when you are in production, and it, it is fantastic. Mm. And of course, it's different bits, say, like when you do green truffle grading and you mm. sit and, you know, you just need to focus on the beat. On the beans. Of course, I can't look up and sign to the camera or, you know. Sure. I have uh, uh, one bit where I competed last year and it was only men in the competition. And we were going to do um, the grading. Mm-hmm. And when I'm standing up there and I'm just like, I am really shaking those and the audience is sitting there and like I'm not wearing a sports bra this is not good <laughs> that, that's an interesting reflection yeah. <laughs> so like so that moment I wished it, it wasn't one and I used to shake at uh, not the sod and mm-hmm. at some points you know so I blame it on that that's it about yeah but it's a, it's a so you've been competing twice you know Twice in the world. No, is that three times. Three times in the world now. Wow, that's a lot of times. So the first time when I competed in Sweden, it was a beautiful year. Like, it was just like branch colleagues. It was a new competition. We were standing there side by side, more or less like cupping our, each other's coffee, giving sure. feedback. Like, yeah, like as much as you possibly could help each other, we yeah. did. And like great roasters, like... Sweden, Scandinavia, yeah, mm. the world per se, but like it sure. is, it is some people that are really, um, 
admire and yeah. like like working around and having as branch colleagues I was competing against. And no, it was a fantastic year and I did not think I was gonna win. And mm. when I did, I just said to Christian from Zamateo that placed second. Mm-hmm. I think I did. I was just like, okay, just come with me to, to Rimini. Can we yeah, do this sure. together? Yeah. Um, but then I wasn't so prepared. I ended up at third place because I didn't really know how to still, prepare. Still pretty good for not being mm. so prepared. Mm-hmm. Mm. And in Gothenburg, I placed second. Then I was more prepared yeah and when i went to shanghai in 2016 i was very well prepared Mm. and i had my focus there um, but i hadn't i had one bit that i didn't know the roster as good as i should so Mm. i started to do that during my practice time sure and i wasted a lot of a lot of time uh, on that Mm. so that was like a failure i did and so the idea was i placed Third, second, and yeah, that was the plan. Sure, I placed fourth. <laughs> so, and last year I didn't compete because I had a um, hernia. Is that yeah, what you call yeah, it? Yeah. So I didn't compete. No, okay. How how did that feel placing fourth? Was that was that really hard? Was that really tough going from third, second, and then fourth? When I was so I was so convinced, like if I do this, this is the one shot. Like yeah. this is my shot. Like I don't have the time. I don't have the, you know, like I'm doing this now. I know the competition well. Sure. And let's do this. So that was very much the year I had planned to, like, to do my very best to win. Yeah. Um, and I placed fourth, yeah. It was tough. Like in how, how douchey and snobbish mm. does that make yeah, me sound. But yeah, I was really disappointed yeah. uh, on myself, which is the worst. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. And what is the what is the plan style? Like, what are you moving into uh, to this year's world competitions, which we don't know where it is yet. Hopefully, we'll know that sooner rather than later. Um, how do you how do you feel for that? Like, what is your what is your ambition? How are you how are you preparing? Like, you're you're very busy in general. You're traveling a lot. You're mm-hmm. all over the place, uh, and you're running a company which is a roastery and a coffee shop. Uh, so so busy all together. How do you fit everything in, and then what do you want out of it? Mm. I think that I am, I am so busy. I'm tired of saying I'm busy. Like, sure. and I almost like choose and not to. Now I try to say that I, I uh, like you can say you are, you're busy, and that's a stressy word. And you can yeah. say you're, you're very busy, and you know, and you can say you're extremely busy, mm. and all of those is like more and more and more. But what I'm starting to feel now is just like I do a lot. Sure. I do a lot of things. Yeah. Today I did heaps of things. Yeah. Just like try to really like this is now like i also love what i'm doing at the moment yeah. uh, but there's so many things i do and it's very tricky to not do uh, yeah. a lot of those things and sure. to take the time to just like invest in in yourself and your creativity yeah. and something as a competition it's very it's taken some time for myself to motivate that this is important yeah Yet I know it, that it's still like, as soon as I sit down, when I have like time to even, as we talk about with Matt, like to talk about shapes mm. and combine that to, to different flavor profiles or yeah. to talk about like, that's when, when things are happening where you, you know, get, get the spark. So I find it super important and I know it's going to be a time well invested and I just have to give it to myself. 
mm. like as a little gift, as a little treat. Like, yeah, sure, yeah sure. you should have this. Like, you work so hard. At least, like, invest in this. You should. I think that's very important. That's something that, that I do myself as well. Like, competitions is really, um, especially from, you know, you, you're starting to run a company, then your focus from, from coffee actually, you know, it, to some extent it disappears or changes, mm-hmm. right? Because you have a, a bunch of administrative things and, and sales and so on that you need to focus perhaps more on, right? So competitions is a great way just to, you know, you, you, you force yourself to, to get the time to focus on something that you actually love to do, mm-hmm. but just don't have the, the same amount of time to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I think is really interesting. Uh, but let's continue on the kind of note of, of you traveling because as you, you mentioned before, we had a coffee before this as well. And um, you said, for example, now that Drop Coffee only buys from farms that you are you're going to exclusively. And if I'm correct as well, you guys are, are buying continuously from these farmers as well, right? So you're basically locked in. This is who we work with. Um, do you want to share some thoughts and ideas about that kind of idea and how did that start because it wasn't always like that mm-hmm. um and and what kind of benefits has been coming out of that now i think that in general if you would do a timeline of joanna and maybe of drop coffee mm-hmm. like you will see that in the beginning like um yeah say like at least if i look at my green coffee buying it's been like yeah but we're just gonna have the best coffees sure and uh, that was the like the highest quality uh, quality coffee that's what we were gonna get mm-hmm. And the more you travel, it's just like, hmm, well, you see a lot of things and like you yeah. want to impact and you want like to improve quality and you want to improve working conditions mm. and you want to improve, yeah, you want to impact and you want to make things better sure. when you're there, both for the um, crop profile, yeah. but also for for doing something well yeah. and doing something good. And like, my yeah, one of the coolest things is like, the few farms that we now have actually like managed to work that towards like that we have an exclus- exclusivity on that farm and step by step we have like okay this year can we get the bourbon separated uh, from the SL28 yeah. can we process some is the next step next year as natural hmm how is this and this and you know and it just like adds value after value like to sure. see a coffee like it's the same like did uh, how good did I think drop coffee were you know 10 years ago yeah. and we're, we're not at all uh, 7 years ago Seven and um, and how good do I think drop coffee is today mm. maybe that's kind of the same level mm. but actually we have um, developed and we do things better yeah for sure for sure and it's very much the same with uh, with producers and with everything like mm. you can always you can always raise the bar mm. And it's also, it's like showing up to the same kind of people, meeting them again, like longing for that coffee. And yeah, like for me, it's like my biggest reason to grow is that I want to buy more coffee from those people. So it gets so much, just like, I had a meeting with an Ethiopian producer yesterday and all of a sudden I'm just like, oh my God, I really miss Israel. Israel, this guy that we're buying a lot from. And just like as a person that becomes like, friend and gets important in in your life and those coffees get those persons and it's yeah. actually it's like they are putting in so much more hard work to the coffees than sure. even we are yeah. and it's actually more their coffee than yeah. ours you know and uh, yeah it's it's beautiful like i'm feeling like 
I'm feeling humble and just like, how how can we get to do this? Uh, yeah. Do you have some? Uh, so we're we're changing in terms of season of green coffee now. Mm-hmm. We have, have a lot of new harvests coming in. Is there any any coffee now in particular that we should kind of look out for at, at Drop Coffee that's going to be really interesting and really that you're extra excited about to to launch within the next months? Mm. We have like as as today we are today not today when you're listening. <laughs> uh, we are releasing a natural geisha from Bolivia. Okay, cool. Um, so from Alasita, a farmer buying a lot from like the producers Rodriguez that like coffee in Bolivia specialty coffee would not be the same or at the worst mm. uh, without. It's through them we as well are doing a sustainability project mm. for some individual farmers we're working with. So Bolivia is simply fine fun. Yeah. We will have this one as washed as well. Okay. And the seeds are from Hacienda La Esmeralda from the beginning. Oh, well, yeah. And it is that cup profile. But just like the bold Bolivian sugary sure. to that. Sure. Um, so that's fun now. And we also have, we are going to have Hunkute as organic. Hunkute is a coffee more producers are doing from yeah. a cooperative um, or washing station in the Sidema. And it's been with you guys for, for a very long time as well. I think Hunkute and Kambandi from, from mm-hmm. Kenya are two coffees that I. I keep seeing popping up on the kind of drop coffee, mm. major coffees, right? Mm. Uh, beautiful coffee. And Hukuta is like, it's so delicate. Like, it's yeah. not like the loudest, the one that people would like the first time they're sure. drinking, maybe turn their neck and just like, you know, yeah. as a natural or Kenyan. Like, it's just like, it's so delicate. Yeah. But if you look at that coffee, it's just like the finest little melody, mm. you know, just like perfectly tuned. And yeah, it's... Um, with those apricot black tea, but just like I, I kind of almost like the unloudness unlo- in it. Sure. That is just this yeah. so fine. Uh, and there we had we recently had the manager from the cooperative over, and uh, now we're certifying the roastery mm-hmm. as organic. Okay. And then we get this coffee as organic. It's the same sure. coffee we've been buying as before, yeah. but you know it's all the it's a label. <laughs> How on on the subject of that as a concept, like like or, organic farming uh, labels as a roastery, something that we see are becoming more and more important, obviously, right? But most of the people I talk with, especially those who spend a lot of time on farms, would you mm. would be one of them, right? Um, what is the kind of perspective on it, and then what is what is Drop Coffee's idea about organically farmed coffee? Because it's not always easy, and depending on where you are in the world, it can actually become very very complicated. Mm almost to the level that, that some farmers would, would, you know, hit you if you told them to do organic coffee. Mm-hmm. Not really, but, you know, it's, it's, some places it's just very, very hard to, to farm organically. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your kind of opinions there? And what are you looking for in terms of also future origins when it comes to organic coffee? Because mm-hmm. Ethiopian coffee is something that, uh, at least me personally, I tried a lot of organic coffee from, right? But then there's several origins that are still not there yet. But do you see anything interesting in, in the work that you do uh, that are kind of along the lines of, of future organic farming? I think that, like, look at all of the Bolivian coffees we're buying. Sure. Like, there's one of our main origins that is struggling with Roya. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, uh, known as Leaf Rust. Yes. And, like, not giving them any crop at all. They are working full organic, not using any... Um, like toxic fertilizer, fertilizers in it. Sure. They are selling it as organic. Yeah. We haven't had an organic importer, so 
we are not marketing it as, as such. Okay. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of beautiful. Just like, okay, they really need to do what you need to do. And mm. yes, it was more expensive to set it up like this. But in this case, it worked. Mm. In most of the cases, like look at Central America in, in general, like look at sure. El Salvador. Salvador like never, yeah. never would have walked out there and said yeah. like, what? Why are you using distance spraying? And, you sure. know, they're using what they what they can afford and what's best. Mm. And, like, it's never up to the producer, per se, to defend, I would say. Mm. I think us, as a community, like, mm. need to look at it. Um, I did a talk in Belo Horizonte that, per se, isn't fantastic. But uh, <laughs> my point that I'm trying to make yeah. is that... Um, so we're looking at the copping score so high. Like, we're so, like, this is an 86, this is an 88, this is mm. an 89. But we are, like, we're using the word sustainability. Mm. And, like, in my most easy world, I would like to have a copying protocol for uh, sustainability as sure. well. And I doesn't mean per se, like, that would be judged yeah, different as well. Mm. As often when we call, yeah, sure, you know. Sure, sure. But it's just, like, at least to try to raise the bar yeah. on what's sustainable. Yeah. And sustainable per se doesn't mean, like, no, it have to be organic. Like, you know, mm. you have you mm. have different legs uh, sure. that you're standing on, sure. and all of those needs to work. And yeah. sometimes you need to focus on, okay, but crop and getting money in. And, you yeah, know, of course, of but course. also the, of course, like all the research needs to be done. It needs to be done so it's in a steady risk. So it's not the individual farmers that are taking the, like, huge risk mm. of all of a sudden, yeah, it might work by, you mm. know. Uh, treating it like this like it needs to be examples on when people are going out and like trying those and advising others and helping them like that's glorious like yeah. the work and research being done is fantastic mm. uh, but before that is done in a steady in a safe way and with things that are proven to work and mm. uh, what's more sustainable mm. i don't know mm. you know it's complicated right I, I do really like the idea of uh playing around with the different scale for organic certified coffees mm. because there's actually a lot of organically certified coffee in the world it's just not in specialty mm. right so they're on the commercial mm. they're the commodity market mm. they actually are, are expanding quite mm. rapidly because there's a demand for it right but we don't get it into our kind of part of the world because uh, the, the taste quality is not always there mm. at the moment there are exceptions mm. for sure um, but um, no I think that's a really interesting uh idea yeah do we have any more no. let's move on we're gonna go into we're gonna get we're gonna get private mm. uh, talk a little bit more about your background your history um, as I mentioned before as well we, we need to touch on the fact that you coming into drop coffee at least in the coffee world is a pretty unconventional way to do it right so you come in and you basically in the long run, take over from the founders of Drop Coffee that are not in Drop Coffee anymore. Uh, and then you put in uh, more uh, owners on top of that as well, right? So it's been a pretty interesting uh, process in general. I'm, I'm very interested in the, the kind of business part um, of, of Coffee Roastery as well. So, But before we go into that, what have you done before? Because I don't know that either. Mm. What did you do before before coffee? So uh, I worked with coffee, like coffee for me were an extra work, like for me it was more like also working in a cafe kind mm. of job okay. for like all the time when I was studying and like, so when I poured my first latte was I like, 14 or 13, you know, okay. um, and 
I moved to, to Oslo and I thought I was really good in coffee and I make those like um, hearts in the latter art and sure. were like really, yeah, I know this. So, um, but actually there I, I got to become manager. I got to focus a lot more on coffee and mm. got into specialty coffee. Mm. And on the side of that I as well, like I've been doing all of the, you know, like all of the restaurants work, all of the, I've been studying for nerves for two years. Uh, find it being like too little typical as the loop to get into a coffee mm -hmm. that is just like okay you give me the surface now mm -hmm. I get it but let's mm -hmm. get into details yeah, and then sure, it's sure. like okay that's a doctor education and I didn't have <laughs> that score fair enough yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so for me it was like I came I came from Oslo and I've been there for a long while and I took some medications in you know in, in coffee and in roasting I tried to go in to Belgium for a while where takeaway cups had just started to come into okay. yeah. and it was really tricky to you know do something that was really stimulating sure. teaching can be stimulating sure. but it was yeah takeaway cups that were the big topic mm -hmm. okay interesting and then then Stockholm and then obviously into into drop coffee did you go into drop coffee as, as an employee first or directly as an owner how did that work no I walked into Drop Coffee when I started, decided to move to Stockholm and I looked around and all that matters were like, okay, where can I continue to do my studies or do my studies and still still work sure. with coffee yeah. because I need to have coffee. And at the end, like my whole decision where I was going to be or where I was going to be at all in, in Sweden came back to UK, but where do I want to work with coffee? Mm. And okay, I need to do distance up mm. to Dalarna, uh, far up north where I am from or more up north. Where I am from and I came into drop and it was this brick in a wall I had been there once before when I was competing okay um, and setting like dialed in my grinder because that's how it was yeah you dial in your grinder as beforehand and I took a cab back to the event with my perfect dialed in grinder that's super <laughs> And, and that, well. that guy standing behind the counter there were a long tall guy with glasses and that was Eric. That was Eric. So, of course. so Eric and Oscar opened up this brick in a wall, had this idea we're just gonna serve mm. some coffee. Ooh, it's a big lo location. Hmm, let's rent it out to freelance uh, artists and journalists. Oh, okay. So that was like the main bit and then it was more or less like a cafe for the people sitting there working but starting up more and more. Mm. And I came back there and I really liked it and I liked the approach and I liked the people. And uh, yeah, of course, like they were thinking about buying a, a small geese and roaster. Yeah. And I got keen and mm. I got super interested and felt that I belonged. And I hopped behind the counter like it was just like, okay, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was this like typical roaster, you know, just how it works, just like, mm. okay. Yeah, sure, I can do it tomorrow, you know. Hadn't even packed up my bag. And then I tried to do my studies at the same time. And I think I had ended full-time on both of them. And it was just like coffee, 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 taking over my whole, mm. you know. Like from football square, it was just like... Brrr, at the end, this was just, uh, just uh, coffee. Mm. So... I think it's very much where like both Eric and Oscar that were the owners then but you know when you come like to a level like we're roasting a little on the one and a half kilo roaster in the sure. back yeah. 
and we were starting talking about like should we build a big grocery yeah but also i think that the company just needed extra muscles yeah um and talking about buying the roastery combined with needing one more person to to stepping in but mm. for me it's, it's so i hold so much gratefulness to them like you know you have those people in your life that just like they saw me like same with the way that i can remember that my grandpa saw me mm. or you know those people are just like wow here you get something and you yeah. know just like when people say like you're doing well and you know and and lift you and give you a chance mm. um yeah it's it's rare so that happened and i stepped in and after building up the roastery one guy fell off eric had kids he decided to move to oslo where his sure. uh, wife and mother to his kid mm. uh, is from and i met Stephen layton mm. and he was just like over to give advices and like look at drop as a business mm. and he was yet another person who just like what you're doing is good and like mm. just do it more just tune it up yeah just like be even more you yeah. and yeah like so i couldn't have had better partners like it really is yeah we'll see like apparently i think the scared of all away but at least like they've been amazing for me How did you, and, and feel free to, to uh, answer as much or as little as, <laughs> as you want to, but, but what is the feel like you're coming to a company with, with two other owners as a partner and then they suddenly decide to, to leave? Like how, how did that make you feel? Was that a very like, oh shit, what am I going to do now? Was that as a, a panic moment or that was that always, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to push this. I know what I want to do. I was very clear what I wanted to do. Okay. So for me, it was almost like crystal clear and just like, okay, I get this space uh, now as well. And like, even more, like you can, you can correct things that you haven't done as good, Sure. but almost like, you know, here's a new window and here I can do this mm. and here I can. So yeah, of course I was petrified. Of course I was, but I also were like extremely calm and just like, this is what I want to do. Mm. And this is it, like, I'm not done. Like, this is not fulfilled. Like, it's so many more things to do sure. from this. Like, it's not it's not closed. And yeah. um, no, so for me, it actually were like, all in a sudden, I were the one that were the steady point. Mm. You know? I've always been like, the young, the driven one, the naive, the one trying. Yeah, but that doesn't really make sense, you know? I never were the old, wise one. Um, You're still pretty young, though. So no, so I can just like shoot. This is real. It's just me, like like it. It's a little bit like graduating. I guess mm. there's just like okay. So because very real. Mm. Yeah. It gets so real. It's yeah. just like nobody else is gonna do that. Like I don't have a partner sitting by me. At uh, Stephen is based in in England, yeah. and like he's uh, by my side in every possible work. Mm. He, he, he could be otherwise, but mm. in the daily, like, yeah, at the end, it's just like, what you do? Sure. And you, you sit there, and it's nobody else that's going to pick up that phone call or fix that thing unless you do it. So, and from that, like, the first year as well, we renovated the shop, and now, just like half a year ago, we have bought a location and built that, and every time it's just like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's that mixture of just like, 
you're jumping out and you're you know you're being so brave mm. for yourself mm. but it's also it's like the the most given thing that you want to do yeah definitely so, it's, it's so pure a, for sure and it's a mix of because one one of the things that I at least need to realize very early on is that I think a lot of people feel that the the starting phase is the biggest kind of obstacle. Like if I just get this started and everything will work out. But what you notice very quickly when you start is that it's a, uh, it's a kind of a never ending uphill battle, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be another obstacle in whatever way that is, you know, you, you mentioned uh, moving the grocery, which we need to talk more about as well. Um, but you know, th- there's always something. So I think a lot of people, at least when they talk with you about running a company, will say, well, you know, sure, it gets easier at one point. But technically it doesn't, right? So what you need to do is you need to find obstacles that you at least find inspiring and fun to, to kind of try to overcome, right? Um, but it's a very interesting process. But let's touch back on, on uh, moving the grocery uh, that's out by the airport now. Stockholm, yes. If I understand correctly. Cool. How how has that process been like both coffee wise in terms of you like you set up the roaster again it's slightly different from before mm-hmm. but also like the whole process of just getting a new location and well, I guess yeah, I guess Scandinavia is the same and you know it's just like more profitable like buying your your own space sure. instead of paying somebody else sure. and we had this when we bought or oh, when we uh, rented the first location mm. we signed up for a five years lease. Mm. super pretty location the idea were like a, a pretty modern roastery where you can come and visit sure. but it was at a little of a metro ride yeah. like it was on the three stops from the cafe but it still were like in the industrial area yeah. because that's where we're there to install a mm. 25 to the roaster and know yeah. that no one would be disturbed so it was that and we paid a lot of, of rent and you know to to showcase something mm. that like I would be interested to see the numbers how much we you yeah, know would earn, sure. earn on that and I was just like that was good and I think it was super good for Drop Coffee being built as a brand and for us you know it's so inspiring to be in an inspiring environment as well and mm. um, but it just were like I knew since the beginning just like when the lease is running out we should move mm. I want to have our own space mm. it's like it's us 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 we can be there for however long we want. Yeah. And of course it's gone like in different stages and it's like, oh yeah, maybe we should be in the, maybe I should move out in the Swedish archipelago and have a little, you know, sure. or yeah, um, anything, intrigue, or do this or do that. And it's, yeah, uh, it's, Yes, the place where drop coffee is meant to produce coffee. Mm. But this time, we knew how to build it. Yeah. So it was working well for our production. Sure. And also for an office to sit and work with and a cupping. So it's a two-floor two floor storage where all the production is downstairs. Yeah. And every time, like, when you do this or, you know, we've been doing pop-ups and we've been doing a lot of, of different tryouts in drop coffee... And it's like always, you just like when you're standing there and it's all the bureaucracy and building something new up and we all of a sudden we need like a handicap toilet and it's bigger than half of the room. You know, it's like all of those rules. Sure. We need the lift in a while that are, you know, so yeah. like talking about bureaucracy, like, yeah, we should do what we love and our passion. And that is so important because otherwise who, who could deal with that? No, like it's just much. like, <gasps> sure. yeah. Um, 
and it was like it was being perfectly installed thanks to great friends in the business and leaders mm. giving great support mm. um, and we actually like managed to kind of copy the precise oh, same amazing. setup yeah. with the roster so that was super cool of course yeah what we have is that we have thicker pipes mm. for the gas that's interesting yeah it was and it really was like, okay, when should we set it? We're producing. Let's wait a little more. Let's try a little bit more, yeah, sure. you know, uh, before we push like green button. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So so now I I know it. And I think that almost, but that's probably just because, again, you invested so much time yeah. and focus yeah. on it. Yeah. So I, I, like, at the moment, I would say like the setup is better now. Yeah, but sure, it's probably sure. that we are so on top of understanding precisely how it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understood gas flow in, in a bit that I didn't understand yeah, yeah. Uh, before. Uh, so so heating gas flow. So easy to overlook, this is a tiny detail, but for, for those of you that are not necessarily roasters that are listening, the, the, the diameter of the gas, pa- um, gas pipe is basically determining the flow of gas, mm. right? So different amounts of flow of gas to the same kind of burner setup as it was the same mm. machine will to some extent change the performance of that burner. So it makes it very difficult for, for settings, for example, to be exactly the same and so on. Uh, so you can end up having too much power or too little power mm. as well, for example. So uh, that's, a, that's an interesting kind of detail. But I think and for the baristas, like it's very similar to what flow rate you have in the, in the group pack. Sure. Compared sure. to what pressure you have. Sure. So, I think that's a very yeah. good way to describe it. Actually, yeah. and, and equally important as well, right? Yes. For sure. And that's something that, again, it's not the easiest to, to detect Either way, it takes it takes a bit of time before you understand where mm-hmm. that comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the whole opportunity we've seen a lot of coffee roasters now, uh, Tim Endebo, uh, Kopi, a bunch of others that kind of just recently changed their location, um, giving them the kind of opportunity to to upgrade or you mm-hmm. know do the things that, that you know you always wanted to do. If you started a roastery seven or ten years ago, you know that's seven and ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we learned a lot. Mm-hmm from that process and if you got the opportunity to start it again you would probably do things differently right mm-hmm. so i imagine it's a very nice process to to actually go through it's beautiful like every time i come into that location you know it's just like as i said like same with the partnership you know but it's just like ha huh, it's even more you mm-hmm. and it's just like it's only us mm-hmm. like it's a street it wasn't even a street before it's new built buildings and we mm-hmm. turned it into a to roastery, not even a, like working space, but then also a, a roaster. Mm. So it's so, it's like this is the way we, we want it. Here's where we compromise, but that's because we did that. And here's where we're going to build sure. the wall. And, sure. you know, oh, now I'm feeling so free. And it's just like the, like, I think as a company move, it was an extremely smart thing. And it's yeah. just like, here we're going to be. Yeah. Not moving in 10 years. <laughs> Hopefully not, though. Oh, gosh, no. No. How has it been? Because it's uh, like moving roastery, um, roasting over several years. You guys have had several ro- roasting people as well. Um, I'm always interested in that kind of process. I had the same discussion with, with Tim as well, for mm-hmm. example, that's gone through a lot of different people roasting over time. How do you deal with that as, uh, as an owner? How do you make sure that they, they deliver what they're supposed to deliver over time when working with multiple different roasters? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on how involved you are and how sure. clear you are. Yeah. So if you have a very clear idea in how you want it, like of course it's important in like 
to develop and try out, you know, different things and play around and like consistently and always do some experiments or tweak something or mm. go back and question ourselves. Um, but still like as a taste profile, what we want to achieve and don't want to achieve, mm. we have an extremely clear idea. Mm. And for me, this comes back to like drop coffee should consistently and always be drop coffee. And sure. like no matter who is the production roaster, like yeah. even if it's me or if it's Caitlin or if it's somebody else who worked, mm. you know, it should always be like, of course, the company will go into different stages sure. and like you will. Ah, now it's really important that we focus on that our costs are extracting better. Oh, it got a little dark. That's the pack, you know. Mm. Like those are the things you go through where you focus so much on acidity or clarity and mm. you know. Sure. But for me, like it's super clear mm. what what drop flavor is like and when we buy a raw coffee, I know precisely like what are we gonna achieve. Yeah. So what I do is that I kind of write down like those, you know, uh, other things that we're looking for in this mm. coffee. And when we're um receiving a coffee or in, like pre shipments and stuff. We take those again and we make sure that this is what we deliver. Mm. So like never can Hunkuta being so delicate. Like if that ends up tasting on the milk chocolate, it doesn't matter how tasty we find milk chocolate being. Sure. We're missing the coffee. That's yeah. not the coffee. Mm. So like, so for me, it's, um, of course, it's, I, I think we are um, a bit snobby, uh, some mm. of us, but it's also so... Um, it would be too too highly to speak about myself as an as an artist, but at least I can say that I have a, a very clear idea what sure, I want to achieve sure. with the with the coffees yeah. under the name of drop coffee. Yeah. And I think that is something that most productions production roasters get to know. Mm. And at the end, like it also comes down to just like doing every production cupping together. Mm. Or if you missed one week, you miss one week, but then sure. you do a double yeah. next week if the production roaster done it themselves. But just like, you know, why we're roasting, how we're roasting, like mm. cupping and tasting all the coffees we're roasting mm. and making sure we are there palette-wise. Sure. And then, like, yeah, it's a lot of time and evenings and sitting watching Cropster when you're when you're traveling. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's only fun. Like, yeah. this is so much the core and also the, the passion and what kind of makes us, like, yeah, as I said, like, so we can do all of the bureaucracy and all of the other bits that needs to be done. Like, this is, this is it. Like, yeah. this is the expression, like the art bit and the, yeah. yeah, where we have a chance to to paint it the way we want to. Yeah, and I think that's very important because there is a, the, I talk about it quite often, there, there is a lack of integrity, I think, in, in general in the, in the coffee industry at the moment. Uh, perhaps that's that's only me, but I feel very strongly about that. And and part of that, and not just brand-wise or for the kind of visual aspect of, of, of roastery brands, but also in terms of how the coffee is tasting. Mm. So I feel that there's very, very few roasters, unfortunately, that have that kind of clear identity. So I think this is really, it's a really good perspective to come from. Right? And I think that's very important to have that as a company, to mm-hmm. actually have a flavor, right? So mm-hmm. drop coffee is, is a style of coffee, mm-hmm. right? Which would you guys very well have succeeded with as well, right? Um, and I think it's really it's, it's a cool process. I think it's more bit like looking after, <laughs> like kind of yourself. Like how many accounts have we lost in not roasting darker, not having sure. cheaper coffees, sure. or not having more funky or fun coffees? Or you know, like all all the decisions you, lot, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Sure. Like what's smarter actually? Sure. Like 
yeah, look in the world at like, yeah. but at least like I'm 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 happy until the money's out. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's why you you don't the the kind of sweat tears and time that goes into running a company. Uh, you do that so you can do it, do it in whatever way you want to, right? You don't do that so you do what everyone else does. Yeah, yeah. this is not the point. No, I'm I'm feeling so free, like yeah. so happy, so free. free. It's just like this expression. This is you know, it's no rules. Like, and that's so cool. Like, I was yeah. gonna say the older I get, but like at least the longer I do this, and also yeah, since true. like, yeah, since getting a new uh, business partner as well. Like, mm. it's just like. It's not really, like, I thought I would need to go into every meeting in suits, and, you know, sure. last week I was having a meeting with my, now I have a cafe, yeah, my cafe manager and a donut person, and we're sitting three ladies, and I'm just like, what, can you really sell for that much money? Okay, really sell for that much money? Okay. You need to be up and bake all night, and she says, you know, we're talking about things, like, there are no, there are so few, at okay. least, like, rules in... Sure. How you should describe a coffee, how sure. you should, you know, what manual you should follow, or how you should express yourself. It's just like, yeah, it's no right or wrong, and yeah. it gets more fun when you get to do it, yeah, the way you feel for. Yeah. Mm. No, definitely. And that, that's the beauty of, of, of coffee, right? It's, it's so young. Mm. You know, it's obviously comes positive and negatives with that, but um, it's definitely interesting. Mm. On that kind of subject, where are we? Uh, what's the future of draft coffee? That's kind of a big fluffy question, but mm. where where do you want to take this? You, you've been in the company for for X amount of years. Uh, you're a stable foundation. You just moved the grocery space. You have a coffee shop. What's the what's the kind of next level of of what you want to do uh, for the next kind of four or five years? I think that the the last three years has been so much taking it to its core, mm. like from buying when we talked about green coffee before. It's just like all those tenries from different regions to actually like, no, we need to visit everyone. Mm. At a very drastic, I step mm. down to four origins because they just need to rip it naked mm. and just like road up sustainability contracts with the um, lawyer mm. and, you know, just like rip it down to, to scratch. Now we're up to six, seven yeah. uh, again, uh, seven actually, uh, origins that we're working, like focusing on. But it's been like so much like focusing on the core and mm. getting it clear. Like, okay, first we need to renovate the shop. We did that. We need to, you know, make mm. a money to ourselves and rent for the roaster as well. We sure. did that. Yeah. So it's so like, yeah, to, to the core. Like the baristas know what we're doing and why mm. we're doing it. So now for me, it's just that like I'm very happy where we are and mm -hmm. what we're producing. Mm -hmm. And... I'm happy with the staff I'm working with and yeah, what we do and like my, what I got to do. Um, but I need to make money. Yeah, sure, sure. How, how do you, how do you do that as a, as a roaster? I think that's a really mm -hmm. relevant, good question because... The, yeah, I, I, I know many ways, but no ways I really like, um, how do I do it? with the company we have sure. sure and how do we scale that one up yeah like where is it i need to compromise mm -hmm. and i promised myself this year to be brave 
and I promise to think about different things. I told mm-hmm. before, like we're doing brunches now at the cafe. Mm-hmm. Totally new. Like mm-hmm. I hate doing things that is not my thing that I'm not good at. Sure. But I like the idea and yeah. let's try. I want people to come and hang and we no- need to earn more money per customer. Yeah. But it's just like, of course I can think about ideas that isn't drop mm-hmm. to do and to earn money on. But the question is like, how do I maximize? Like, I think it's more like the top advice is like, take what you have, do the most of it. Sure. And I'm just thinking like, how do I do even more here? Like, how do I on this do, do even more? Mm. I guess like one easy solution is sales. So, mm. um, and to have a, yeah, somebody working active with sales. Yeah, to, to increase that part of the company, mm. sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a very relevant, like, it should be stated for you guys listening as well, that it's a, like, pushing a, a hardcore kind of specialty coffee roastery that, that wants to push the, the, the boundaries for taste or, or, or quality is not necessarily a moneymaker, right? That there's very, very few roasters that, that are able to do that in perhaps the way they want to, right? without any kind of compromised product, right? Mm-hmm. A, a term that we speak about quite often and we see more and more now, to be fair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, um, as you referenced as well, like, sure, it would be a lot easier to perhaps produce a slightly different product in terms mm-hmm. of increasing sales and, and price point mm-hmm. and so on. But then again, it comes down to the integrity part, and right? And it comes down to the, the kind of, you know, blood and sweat you put into the company mm-hmm. up until now as well. Then mm-hmm. was that all kind of wasted? Mm-hmm. And did I end up here anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that um, if... If anyone wants to push it, then they need to find, you know, what can I bring to the table that no one else has, right? Mm. Otherwise, you wouldn't mm. go into it. So when April started, it was with the assumption very, very clearly and still so that the world doesn't need another coffee roastery. Mm. I think that's very clear. Right? We don't. We just don't. Um, so the only way or only reason to justify it would be that you're naive enough to think that you can bring something new to the table. Mm which I'm not necessarily mm. sure what that is, but I think that's an important thing to mm. have with you, right? Because you don't want to wake up 10 years into the company and be like, okay, well, sure, I'm making money now as volume, but I don't like my own coffee. Mm. Exactly. Right? That's definitely a point you want, to, you want to avoid, but we see the industry is perhaps moving more and more in that direction. I think roasters, we, we had a trend for a few years where I was like, let's roast as slight as we can. Everyone did that, I think. And now we're definitely going back almost to some kind of, you know, blended espresso concept, right? We're getting more and more traditional mm-hmm. for that reason, because the roasters just started back then are now in a kind of a growth position where, okay, if we want to start cashing in here now. How do we do that? And then they go back, which is ironic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. And, you know, it's, it's, if you start your own company, that's, that's your choice, right? Mm-hmm. So you can never give someone shit for that, right? But um, I'm personally very, uh, very interested in that. And I think Drop Coffee has been having a very clear integrity in that sense ever since they started, mm. right? Yeah. And that, which is really, really cool, right? For, 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 we stopped lending for in 2010, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's, it's a cool, um, it's, it's where we should be. And mm. I, I personally believe that that's the, um, that's kind of the, you know, that's the future. And, and the people that are all in this podcast are in it because of that reason mm-hmm. because they're, they're mm-hmm. people that do their stuff mm-hmm. they're not necessarily reacting so much to what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. but they're finding their own kind of path in that um, but you know I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking it's like if if people want to do this like it's the most amazing thing like I get to meet producers all over the world sure. and I get to roast this product and people are actually like I can still 
like at the weak moment I like you know I just get like goosebumps when I get to Shopify plinging like the ding ding on, on web borders and like same when I get the emails from wholesale customers and it's just like wow they are actually like buying this sure. that we believe in sure. and it's so hot moving that it's like mm, maybe it doesn't money work so well mm. but somewhat is working Mm. And I more go back to myself. Like I learned heaps about like doing books and this and this and this and how to run um, a business and to have mm. a board. And but I kind of like more than anything. It's just like okay, we have this. It should be able to do. Mm. It's just me who haven't cracked the egg, or you know, that haven't found sure. the formula. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's doable. Yeah. It's just that it takes a, a business mind. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, so, sure. Which I think is interesting. outside the, the box. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I think that's what we're seeing. That's also partially, uh, again, back to uh, what Rock Coffee is interesting because you guys also have a, a, an interesting journey from the business side with partners and so on, mm. right? Which I think is, is very, very interesting, right? Because coffee roasteries are, to the majority, I would, I would argue, started as passion projects, mm. right? Which... It's often by people with very little understanding of what they're getting themselves into, which is a beautiful thing, but it becomes very difficult, right? So I think that's a very interesting thing. On on that same subject as well, and we're not going to keep on talking for too long, but I want to hear some thoughts and ideas about the future, not drop coffee necessarily, but the, but the coffee, like the state of where are the coffee industry now? Is that a healthy place? And where would you want to see the coffee industry kind of moving or like coffee as a beverage, coffee as a thing, right? What would you want to, uh, to see kind of evolve in the future? Like, of, of course it comes with, uh, like the first thing I'm thinking about is origin. And mm. I think that, like, I'm in a part of the Sustainability Advisory Council in SEA. And it's just like, when we sit and talk, it's just like, okay, yes, we do need to stop shipping coffee uh, like this. So we do need to, sure. you know, sure. what was more urgent than anything is mm. the producer situation. Mm. And this is so, like, it needs research to be done and it needs the support. Um, mm. And that's the most, like, where I am like, okay, they are the one, like, first that we, we, we should help and, sure. and do something about. We have the climate changes is happening now. We have the... Uh, the Roya going on we have people in El Salvador that is a too dangerous country to, to live in so they're thinking mm. about moving yeah. we have Ethiopia now and like yeah I'm super curious as well yes like every country you look at it's just like how are they gonna do how are they gonna do mm. Ethiopia is the kind of the first year when roasters get to go and do um, direct like mm. as a producer yeah, and, sure. and roaster yeah. And now it's a little less to up, uh, up to us. Like if we talk about sustain, um, specialty coffee, mm. I would definitely say like, okay, now it's up to us if we can deliver what we're saying in sustainability yeah. as, sure. as well. Like will we show up? Yeah. We, will we buy the coffee next year even if it's cupped one point less than yeah. you expected? Mm. Will you, you know, just like, will you take the responsibility mm. and will you be there? Or work with an importer you trust and like... Mm keep asking the questions so you know keep prodding and yeah uh, that's that's the biggest one that I'm like okay here now for real we need to focus um, 
but also on the other hand, I find specialty coffee so beautiful and I look at our cafe that used to be like, what, how geeky are you? I remember when we started brewing on, on scales and it was a thing, it was really like, why are you brewing on scales? Yeah. How important do you think this is that mm-hmm. you're doing? Who are you and mm-hmm. what do you think you are? Two that were now like reading TDS behind the counter when no one, you know, and it's just like two that we now are relaxed and yeah. the guests aren't freaked out, you know? Sure. And we have the average Joe coming in and asking for that certain kind of varietal, that kind of coffee. That even in Scandinavia now, I'm saying, like, specialty coffee is starting to come out more. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. To more people. Mm -hmm. And then things can really start to happen. Like, I've seen so many roasteries that are just like, okay, look at the specialty coffee, high-end, extreme, Mm -hmm. niched, um, snobbish or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. people there are but they're not really succeeding i know what to do i'm gonna take the best of that and add some other bits and put it into the supermarket and people will and all of a sudden then like the the level at the supermarket sure. have raised as sure. well like yeah. the level at more cafes yeah. will raise yeah we have shames com- communicating like what origin it is and how they are brewing it and you know so I think that specialty coffee will grow into a, a more <laughs> commodity, yeah. a, a more... It will become more of an everyday thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which is basically what we, uh, first of all, what we need it to be, also to some extent what we want it to be, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but there's definitely segmentations and, and, and layering now that is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then part of the, part of the future, yeah. But I think as well, like, it needs to be talked about, like, we need to find way for the, like, otherwise, look at all the companies being bought up. Mm. Like, we need to find ways that are steady mm. and so that we can make money in mm. specialty coffee. Mm. Because, like, how long, how many more, you know, can I do another decade working this hard? Mm. Well, it's a lot of yoga I need to do and a lot of trading, you know. <laughs> so, like, it's... Um, it's it, we need to find business models that oh, are working sure. as, as as small individual um, sure. companies without being bought up sure. because that's kind of what i yeah yeah and i think that's the uh, that is to some extent the biggest challenge because mm-hmm. that's we, we don't really see that mm-hmm. uh, at least not in a, in a point where you know if you are a roastery and you're a founder or an owner then you know you will most likely work at it on a full-time kind of basis. Mm. So there's mm. so few of us that are able to step out mm. from, from that kind of routine. Step structure. out, like get a kid or go on vacation sure. or whatever yeah. it is. It's just like, that's just normal. Sure. And you know what? Like, I, I would like to earn money as well. Like, yeah. I would love sure. to to sit here and say like, well, yeah, uh, I'm going to normal tonight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But that's my biggest interest, and yeah. it also is I will be eating porridge for sure. a month, yeah. and you know, like that's that's how it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see how you succeed in coffee, mm. in specialty coffee, without just working really hard, building up a brand and a high value and sell. Mm. I would like to see how do you maintain that? Mm. How do you just like, hmm, you know, another way of cashing out or sitting back. Sure. That isn't that you need to to set it up. Amazing. I think that's a, that's a really great point to wrap up. We haven't talked for a while. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for for being here. I really appreciate it. 
uh, especially since you're very busy uh, in a positive no, it's, way. It's, it's super fun. Like, like, and this is what I said to you as well. Like, creative, uh, cre- creative things like this mm. is so mm. important. Like, sure. always when I need, I meet a great branch colleague, it's it's a given, and yeah. it's uh, what we should do more. It's always good. For cool. Thank you very much. Best of luck for the the World Boxing Championship. Um, the win. I will do my extreme best. Yeah, I believe. And I will get very sad. So if I don't. If you don't, I think you will. From us here at April, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you.